Are you ready to hack your time? I'm Vicky and I am obsessed with course correcting everything that you've been taught about how to use your time because I know that you can create more success while having more fun and taking more rest. I went from doing all the things, working 80 hour weeks to creating a 15 hour work week. Listen and learn how to hack your time never have to say that you don't have time ever again. You too will learn how to accelerate without doing more today. Hello lovely. So do we have a treat for you? Today on the podcast is Time Hacker Sade Curry and what you guys will notice is we started chatting and then I just clicked record because um the conversation got good. So you're going to dive right into us mid-conversation and listen to Sade speak about really how she has managed to create plenty of time, more business success, how she shows up with anxiety now, which is like a way where she's been able to continue to get things done and just feel less pressure. And really um, how she has moved away from not avoiding failure. So this is a really juicy episode full of so much goodness. She shares so much powerful insight with all of you. Enjoy. You just get to decide how you want your life to look in terms of your time. Yes. And mine looks pretty good. Thanks to you. Yeah. I mean, let's just go. I feel like that's a great start. I know it really does. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this call yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so, it feels so different. Like, I know that I'm not like exactly where I will be, I guess is the way I see it. But I'm like, I feel, it feels so different now from where I used to be. Like I, there were times when I just couldn't coach myself out of <laughs> my spin. Yeah. Like I literally would not be able to coach myself out of my spin and I would lose whole days at a time when I just had certain thoughts, like I have to do this, or I started feeling anxiety or pressure and I would just lose, I just lose two days of work because it's like, yeah, can't get myself to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so what would you say has been like a big change for you and how you approach that then? So I think the biggest, there's a couple, one is just the awareness of what's happening in my brain. Yeah. Just knowing what's happening in my brain is like a game changer. (laughs) Like, Even if I don't fix it, just being able to separate myself and what's happening, because you're talking, I've had a lifetime of pressure being normal. Mm. Just the emotion of pressure, just being the way things were. Like since I was a kid, it's like, you got to hurry up and get to school. You got to hurry up and get straight A's. You got to, like, you have to, you have to, like, that was just the language. It was just the language. There was always something that needed to be done. There was always something that was super important. Bad things were going to happen if things didn't get done. And that's just the normal. Like, if you add on, like, just certain dysfunctional situations in my family of origin, <laughs> You know, then there was like an added um, emotion, added negative emotion in the way things were expressed to me and my siblings as children. So like all of just being in survival mode just felt normal. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. So two things 
that I think you said there that are brilliant first is like pressure being normal because I think so many people like we are literally conditioned that way it's like even exams in school I don't know about for you but it really was like okay it's game time now you've got to like do all the things and so that was how we were taught I was taught that was how you created success was having Mm -hmm. pressure whereas like it's actually the opposite what do you think I do. And, um, I have a, uh, a client who has gotten straight A's her whole life, has a PhD, makes tons of money and cannot get out of that feeling of pressure. Yeah. Like it's just incredibly wild to me how normal it is. And what I seek now is what I'm calling spaciousness. the pressure. (laughs) And so I seek spaciousness and I have to go through this process of, first of all, recognizing the pressure. So when I, when I see the pressure, it comes with thoughts like I have to do this. I need to do this. (laughs) You know, all things that you have coached me on in time hackers multiple times. Like (laughs) I always laugh that I'm like, okay, I'm here again. I know you told me this last week or two weeks ago, but I'm back because my brain is not getting it. Like, so I recognize thoughts like I have to do this. I need to do this. This has to be done. Something bad's going to happen as being what creates pressure. And what I'm learning to do is sort of like sit with, refuse to give into it. Like I, I, now I see pressure as like an urge mm-hmm. it's like a compulsion and I'm learning to like not give into the compulsion wow and I think that's so good because based off of what you're saying it's like we kind of grow up thinking pressure is normal if not positive like it's a creator mm-hmm. of success and what you're saying is now you realize actually pressure isn't creating your success and isn't even helping <laughs> It's not helping. It's making things worse. It's making, it's harder on my body. It's harder on my emotions. I'm less creative when I'm under pressure. I'm less motivated. I find myself like I will, I'll go on social media. I'll do all kinds of busy work. I will avoid things. I mean, all, (laughs) just all the things I'll get snacks. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of snacks. And so when I'm under pressure, that's what I do. And then it just, I'm just, I'm starting to see like in a more aware way, I mean, I've known it, but like on a moment by moment basis that, okay, you're, you're sliding into pressure. How do we get back into spaciousness? Yeah. And it's still a process where I have to slow down. I have to stop. I have to do models, do some thought work. Um, sometimes I have to go find another feeling completely elsewhere, go for a walk, <laughs> listen to something. I'm looking forward to the day where I'm just like, okay, we Pressure's coming and we're like, yeah, we duck like the matrix <laughs> and I don't let it hit me. But even with just still having to have a process to get out of it, like my productivity is like a hundred X from a year ago. Wow. So your productivity is a hundred X from a year ago. Your creativity yeah. is up. Like, I mean, it's all the right stuff. And also even ties in with what you said at the beginning about separating you from your brain. It's like separating you from your pressure like both of those things, like becoming unstoppable, even with a mm-hmm. human brain, even with the yes. physical conditions. Yeah. Yeah. The awareness is, the awareness is everything. It's like, or, or even like one of the things you always say is like what your definition for anxiety is that it means that my, my brain thinks I could really do this. I could really make <laughs> a bunch of money. I could really sign a bunch of clients, 
Yes. And so now it's like, wait, let's give her this emotion so that she'll slow down and maybe not do this incredibly ambitious thing she wants to do. And so when anxiety comes up, I, I recognize that it means I could do it. And yeah. of course there's possible failure and it lets me know not to stop. It's, it does, it's still like, it's still a process of saying, okay, I can see the anxiety. I can feel it. Now, what are we going to do about it? So like you said, there's that separation where I can, before I would be solving for the anxiety. I'd be like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. There's a problem. Yes. And I'd go off on this long journey to solve the anxiety. There's something wrong with my coaching practice. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my life or whatever. And I'd be solving those things instead of creating what I wanted to create. Now, in time back, as I've learned, oh, you don't solve for the anxiety. You just keep creating and you manage the anxiety. You're like, it's going to be there, right? Like you do what you need to do. Do some thought work, ease off on it. Or I think one of the things that you, you, you taught me a lot around my podcast was remember why you're doing the thing. <laughs> yes. Let's speak about the podcast. And this also touches on something else you said. You're saying so much. I'm like trying to like capture it all because um, it's so good for everyone like to listen to just where your brain is at and where you've been on it. But so with the podcast, it was another thing where you came for coaching a few times on it and you came and I remember you saying like, oh, I know I've got coaching on this, but like as though it's a problem, as though our brains work, like I'm going to tell, we're going to coach once or I'm going to tell you something once and then it's never going to come up again versus like that, like our brains are very clever. You have a very clever brain that if it thinks you are in danger, it's going to keep coming up with ways to protect you even though Mm -hmm. you know logically it's not which is why it's like coming and getting coaching on the same thing is so powerful because you said something that that stuck with me you said I've got coaching on my podcast three times and now I understand how to do it for a lifetime yes so I started the podcast in February and that was when I joined time hackers just a few weeks later so that was the big thing I was I was creating and launching the podcast was easy because there was a lot of action line. I, I just took a whole bunch of action <laughs> and got it launched. I had the first three to five episodes ready. Yeah. And then this, it was time to record the sixth episode and just full-blown anxiety. <laughs> My brain didn't want to engage. And that kept happening every week. So every week, Monday night, my podcast is supposed to drop at 3 a.m. on Tuesday. <laughs> and Monday night, I would not have recorded it. Sometimes I wouldn't have outlined it. I'd be overthinking the topics. And, I, you know, I so we met every week and I would come and ask about, okay, well, my podcast, I'm having drama. I didn't want to do it. And it took five months. So those three coaching sessions around the podcast was over a period of about five months. Yeah. And, you know, I got coaching on other things too. And I was surprised that it took five months for me to sort of, I don't know what the word is, like normalize what my brain was doing around the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And like, it didn't take five months, right? It took normalizing what your brain was doing about the podcast. Yes. It wasn't five months of coaching. It was that I didn't accept that, oh, my brain is just always going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, it's funny because even today, a few times you've been like, I can't wait for the day where I duck out of the anxiety. You know. <laughs> this is like, what if it is always there? Because I think the fact that you experienced that with the podcast and now like what's happening now with the podcast. So what's happening now with the product, what's interesting was that once I normalized that, oh, I'm just always going to feel this way, right? And so I, I created a routine that sort of 
accepted that, okay, you, you need to, you're going to need to think about this a little more. Your brain is going to freak out yeah. and it's going to be fine. Yeah. And once that happened, it just stopped, which is why there's also a stop in, it, it shifted to other parts of my business. So just so you know, <laughs> so it, <laughs> That's why it's lifetime access. You've That's got why you. it's lifetime, right? <laughs> it's shifted to other parts of my business, but on my podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, of course I can just sit and record it and it'll be fine. Like it, my part recording and publishing my podcast doesn't have all the thoughts that I would have was this topic isn't good enough. Um, literally, I would start on a Friday thinking about publishing the podcast on Tuesday and I would have thoughts like, well, you don't have a good topic. Your topic isn't good enough. They're not going to like this one. You're not going to be, you know, like, even though I was getting a lot of good feedback, my brain just kept telling me something was wrong with the podcast. Something was wrong with the topic. Yeah. Your, your voice sounds like a screeching banshee, like all <laughs> the thoughts. And Friday, I would be planning and calendaring that I was going to work on the podcast. Friday would come and go. Saturday would come and go. Sunday, Monday. The pressure would just build based on all the thoughts that I was having. Yes. So now what, what's different now is that I don't have those thoughts about the podcast anymore. It's almost like my brain just, I normalized that I was going to have those thoughts and I was going to feel the pressure and all of that was going to be there. And immediately I normalized that all of it stopped. Like everyone just listen to that. I speak about it in the very first episode of this podcast as well with my own anxiety. Like it's all our resistance, all our judgment, all our shame, all our frustration is like clinging on to the exact thing we want to get rid of. And the moment we normalize it, our brain's like, all right, I guess this isn't working anymore. So never mind. Yeah. We'll try. Like, that's it. She's figured it out. She's not stressed about it anymore. But and I know. And then the, the minute that happened, I came up with, just some amazing ideas for the podcast, like a series for women who are getting married again, which that's, I've never seen a series like that where women who've been divorced and have gotten remarried and dated and all of that have just like told their stories all in one place. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even have to record a part. I think I have about 10 episodes of that recorded now. So I don't even have to record a podcast episode for like a couple of months. Oh my gosh. Everyone listen to that. So she's gone from like spending like five days in the buildup, like drowning in all shitty thoughts and like probably following with shitty emotions and pressure to like, actually it's done for months. I didn't even know that. That's That's the level of creativity that came in going through that, that process in time hackers and really engaging with it on one thing. Like for me, it was like, okay, this is the one thing. And this is what it looked like on the other side for that. I love so it. Good. This, is, this is like exactly it. Like this is why creativity is like the most, I think the most important determinant of our success. And like we stifle that creativity when we're in the pressure cooker or when we're fighting with the anxiety or trying to get rid of the anxiety or any of that stuff. And that's just such an amazing example of like months, you've got months of time back now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's so counterintuitive. Like even I still wake up in the morning and my brain is still telling me things about other things in my business. I'm like, you know, but like you said, it's a, it's a lifetime. We, we get lifetime access in time hackers, <laughs> right? And because our brains are going to be this way for a lifetime. And I think we just learn to manage it better and better and like just increase yeah. what we get out of it. Yeah. And it's like creating time for those new projects that initially, like, so like the podcast at one point was new and new does you know, often generate anxiety and the unknown and uncertainty, but it's like, then you get to move to the next one and the next one, instead of like 
feeling like you are drowning in a podcast for three years and not having fun with it and forgetting why you created it. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted you to speak to, because I think you've been a great example of this and even like share a little bit is like, I remember you saying about how much energy and effort it used to take you to like get things done, like in terms of like your own resources, like maybe even like physically and mentally, like feeling heavy versus now you've said like the the word spaciousness already, but like, can you talk through a little bit of that? Yeah. So I, um, I don't know that I, I have anxiety in like the clinical sense of the word, but you know, I just, I tend to have a lot of concerns, <laughs> you know, because you don't want to dag. Some people have, it's a spectrum. People are on different places, but I tend to have a lot of concerns when things are happening in the world, right. Or in my life, I tend to be the one with the checklist who's yeah. making sure we've we have everything packed and we checked everything and make sure we just in case this and just in case that and the kids or the kids have everything they need and are they going to be um fine in life and are they safe are we safe like covid like about all the things for covid like i am just that person so wherever that you think that falls on the spectrum that's who i am and it does take a lot of mental space mm-hmm. like being in this in the in the process of trying to control everything, trying to have that perfect outcome, trying to avoid failure. Yes. It takes a lot of resources. And the crazy thing is when you're that kind of a person like I am, or I was, it's, I'm, I'm still kind of like somewhere in there. But I keep thinking about who I was a year ago yeah. and who I am now. When you do succeed, even success feels unsafe. Mm-hmm. So success takes up, so you like, it's sort of like you're generating all this energy, you're using up all this energy, trying to avoid failure, yes. double checking, triple checking, over producing, doing more that, <laughs> doing more than is necessary for the job. So, you know, I'm, when I was working nine to five, writing a report, then checking the report, then feeling bad about the report, feeling unsure, feeling uncertain second guessing myself around the report. Then you finally submit the report, worry about the response that comes <laughs> from the report, get a good response back and then completely spiral out in shame and vulnerability. Yeah. Over one report. Yeah. Or over one mean. post. <laughs> or yeah. I would write posts for my, uh, my coaching practice and worry about it, blah, 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 all of that. Post it, get a hundred likes and 25 comments and people love it. And then I would go lay down and just be like, no, because it was just sort of like, I'd be in this heightened state of anxiety that when everything came down, I would be exhausted. Yeah. And then I'd worry that I couldn't repeat that success. Right. And you weren't giving yourself credit for the success as well. That was a big thing when you started as well. Yeah. So that's what my journey used to look like. Yes. And so when you say using up energy and resources, and that's, that was the expenditure to do anything in my business. Um, so what's changed in that now? So what's changed one is, I think you, you talk a lot about perfectionism and detaching, like not attaching to things being perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, that creates, that creates the pressure, not attaching to that outcome and 
literally embracing failure. Yeah. So I remember one month and that was within the last six months, I was beginning of the month and I was like, I'm not starting to worry about what I needed to do to hit my money goals for the month and all of that. And I said, yeah, I'm just going to embrace failure because this is the pressure was building. I was like, for sure, you're not going to make any money this month. Why don't we just go? There? Yeah. <laughs> just let it all go. Like, for sure, you're not going to make any money this month. What are you going to do about that? I'm like, okay, well, I do have some money in savings and I've got this. And all right, we're fine. We don't even have to do any work. And like, it just broke the entire dam of anxiety and pressure and everything. And then I was able to create what I wanted for my clients and create what I wanted for my audience and just have fun and just relax. And we're like, well, this is not about making money. This is not about a deadline. Yes. Nothing has to be done. No posts have to be written. We're just doing yeah. this because we want to. And it was, it's kind of magical. Like you actually had fun. <laughs> I actually had fun. Yeah. And like, I made money. <laughs> and you made money. Yeah. You had fun, you made money. Like that's it. It's like what you just said there for everyone listening. It's like our anxiety just tells us that something bad is going to happen. And it doesn't ever allow us to actually go to the place where something bad happens so we can problem solve for it. And what you did at that moment is so powerful. I want everyone to think about that. Like your worst case scenario. Okay, like actually if I don't make any money this month, what actually happens? Because it's like we're afraid to go there because we think if we think it, it's going to happen. (laughs) But like, right. there's that beautiful example. I've also used this in my own business. Like it, it literally doesn't happen. It literally just sets you free and allows you to actually have fun, deliver to your clients. And those things are going to be what actually create more success. Yes. Yes. And one, one of the things I'm really learning now is how much celebrating the success solidifies it. So that's like my, that's my growth right now is really saying when you celebrate success, it really, it change, I think it changes the brain. Yeah. Right. Like it starts to create these pathways where I'm more in the good and I'm more in those like good feelings and in, in creativity. But somehow there's still resistance to being in that space. Yeah. And I know this month we're doing the success, the celebration. I think this is the second time we're doing it, which is yes. every time I've done it and participated, it's been incredible. Yes. And that way I'm not working from like this, like, oh, first of all, I'm in pressure and anxiety and failure. And then I'm working my way back, like yeah. learning to stay more frequently by choice in the good and in the success and in what's, in what's actual reality, because actual reality is mostly good. Yeah, it's like our brain has to go in search for the bad. So just so everyone listening knows, what we're doing now is um, we do 30-day challenges. So this is called Success Hacking with Celebrations, where every day people are sharing about their success and their celebrations and being celebrated in the group. And what I find interesting is like, so we've just done it and like everyone's got so much. And I'm like, people weren't naturally sharing the celebrations last month. It's like, needing to have the permission to celebrate the thing so it's even interesting in this community okay it's only our second time doing it but it's like so unnatural for us to like celebrate and over celebrate um that I've just noticed I'm like huh there's things that we wouldn't have known about had we not had this challenge going on yes yeah I I I I know that I don't naturally say my brain doesn't naturally celebrate I do things like thankfulness lists like very formal in order to move my brain to the place where it's looking at what's good and what's working and every time I do it it just makes such a huge difference 
Yeah. And even was it last week you had like two clients re-up and one new client like in one I week? Did. I did. I had. And one of the clients who re-upped, re-upped ahead of time. Yeah. Like we had a call and I, I think I taught her something about networking that just made such a difference to her dating life and in her business. And she was like, oh my gosh, I want to lock in your current price for another six months today. Can I do that? And yeah, that, and those are the kinds of things that have started to happen. I remember I had my first 25K month it was actually a 28K month. Yeah, I remember. It was two months after I joined Time Hackers. Second month in Time Hackers, yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Like those gains, it was sort of like, you know, you get that first set of gains where your brain is like, oh my God, this is so new. Everything was so new. And I was working through the modules yeah. and it was making such a difference yeah. to my, my work and to my business. I was like 20. I mean, it was mind, my, it was mind blowing. What was your biggest month before then? 16K. Yeah. So it's like over double and you were doing it to tell, like explain how you were different and how you were showing up as well. So I, it was, I think it was the month where I, I had, I had watched a lot of the modules. I was doing the challenges and I had started releasing my grip on perfectionism Yeah, and giving myself permission to just do, giving my permission to let my, myself permission to let things be easy and not worry so much. So part of my anxious type personality is that we always think we're going to get in trouble. Like yeah. we're always doing something wrong and we're always going to get in trouble. Yeah. And I remember uh, March and April, I gave myself permission just to do some things in my business that um, weren't necessarily, there are guidelines that, well, maybe don't start a podcast until this time, or maybe don't, you know, and I, I was like, well, I don't want to run my business perfectly. Like, of course, these are the right times to do these things, but that's also perfectionism. And I could see that that was playing into my perfectionistic personality. So I decided to just let go of rules yeah. Um, it was around that period that I started letting go of needing to make money. Like you have to make money. You have to do these things, all the have tos. I think that was the, probably the umbrella thought was I was letting go of a lot of the have tos. Yeah. We were, we were selling, I was celebrating in the group. I was showing up for coaching and it became, it was just easier to show up in the world. I started feeling a lot safer about showing up in my business. I was posting every day. Mm-hmm. I was creating new things for my clients. I created a whole new set of modules and worksheets. And what was interesting was I was selling a group program, but yeah. the money came from a completely different place in my business. Like my, it was yeah. my one-on-one, I think I signed about four one-on-one clients in one week. <laughs> Yeah. Like without even really trying. Without trying. I wasn't trying for that. I was just doing what was coming naturally, what was feeling fun and creative. It was work. I was doing the work, but my brain wasn't spending so much time worrying or being anxious or, you know, feeling like a failure, like just all the things that that wasn't there. Yeah. It's like you were doing the work and you weren't making it harder than it needed to be. Yeah, so like 100%. It felt space. really good. It felt really, it felt really good. And every time I engage in the work of Time Hackers and I'm focused, like I'll do a module every once in a while. Um, every time I do that, it, I, sh- I feel the shift, which is one of the things that can be missing from thought work. When you're a coach or you're coaching and you're, you're working on your thoughts, but you're not shifting your emotions. Yeah. It's not 
changing you. You're not changing if you're not. But every time I'm in Time Hackers, I'm watching the modules, I can feel the shift. And I think that's one of the things that's really powerful about Time Hackers versus some other programs that I've experienced is that immediate. It's one of the reasons I signed up with you because I had coached with you before. <laughs> and I was like, this is really why I feel this shift immediately in this 15 minutes. Yeah. That and that shift always produces or helps me produce more. Like I, I was like, I want to experience that on a regular basis where I can get coached for like five or 10 minutes and just really feel that emotional transformation that yeah. I can use to do new things. Well, I think like that's so powerful that you approach the work like that as well, because that is my intention with it. It's like really we think that it does take a lot of time and all of this stuff, but really it's like when you show up ready to engage and really commit to creating that mini transformation, you create it. And I think you're a brilliant example of that, of like using the work and the tools in that way. And it's like the modules are there to like come and binge watch them all if you want to, but it's also this program is designed that like you can watch one video and like that can like set up your whole week, your whole month, whatever it is, like really like, you know, I think it's so easy in this world to consume lots of different information mm-hmm. instead of like, no, 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 this one video, this is like my Monday yeah. morning video. Like, this is what I'm watching on repeat. Right. Know? Yeah. No, Time Hackers is exactly that way. I don't, I haven't finished watching all the modules and I don't even feel the need to. That's the crazy thing. I don't even feel like I need to. I'm just like, I know, okay, there'll be a Tuesday morning coaching. I come in, I know I'm going to get like either from watching someone or me getting coached, I know it's going to be like so powerful. Like I have these little statements that I now remind myself, like one of the ones that I, I say this to myself every day, I tell my clients, I'm like, don't solve for anxiety. Or sometimes it's, I don't solve for money insecurity, or I don't solve for pressure. Like not solving for those things has just become like a mantra for me. And just remembering that even in the moment is worth an hour or two hours of coaching in other settings. Thank you. And thank yourself because you create that. But another thing that you just touched on there that I want everyone to know is so now Time Hackers has two different call times. Every week we alternate. And one of those times is like the middle of the night for you. And I can't remember if we were messaging or where it was where you told me that you were like still using our original time and you were yeah. using it for Time Hackers work. I think yeah, it's I didn't, so brilliant. I didn't take it off my calendar. I, I have it right there in the same spot on my calendar. And what I do is I'll go in and I'll either watch the um, the one that meets at, in the middle of the night, or I'll watch a module, or in, in, sometimes I'll just make decisions, which is one of my yeah. favorite modules <laughs> is the one on decisions. Oh my God. Decisions are so powerful. Yeah. I will say, okay, what are some decisions that need to be made? What are some decisions that I haven't made that I'm not making that I'm avoiding that I'm thinking about for six months <laughs> yeah so you're like showing up as a time hacker regardless I think it just speaks so much for like even like the the mindset that you have about this program and your commitment to where you are going with it and that's why you're such a great example of the world I love it I love I was all in I was the first to sign up wasn't I was I the first yeah to you sign were up? the first to pay I and you like, like less money than I thought it was gonna be I, was like, I know I was like oh it's only three thousand dollars what let's go thousand pounds yeah thousand pounds yeah I was like let's go because I thought it was gonna be way more when you started putting it out there because I just know the value of the value of coaching with you has just been really life-changing for me and I, I don't know I think I've coached with you just two or three times prior mm-hmm. but it was just it was just always so um impactful 
Like, and I've gotten a lot of coaching. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of amazing coaching. So why don't, you, why don't we speak a little bit more? Because I just got to meet Sade in person, just so everyone knows, which yes. is so lovely. Um, and one of the things that you said to me was, I just have plenty of time. So let's, let's so talk. much time. What? Let's talk I about think that. about time so differently now. Mm-hmm. And I, it feels like it was just by osmosis, but I think I just, I chose to believe it. Like when I joined Time Hackers, I just decided that I was going to, I was like, this works. So I'm going to believe the thoughts that fuel it working. Like kind of like reverse engineering. Which <laughs> so is like the way. The way to do it. I was like, I'm just going to believe that I have plenty of time because obviously every time I get coached or I use the principles, I end up with more time. So obviously I have time. So I just, I've just chosen to believe that and live from that point. So I don't say things like I don't have time anymore. What? Like, I just want everyone (laughs) listening because I just had a a call with a peer of mine and I was coaching her and what was coming up for her was like, I don't have time, I don't have time. And I was saying how it's like the most normalized excuse on the market. Like everywhere you go, everywhere you look, it's like the reason we get out of going to events we don't want to go to, doing work we don't want to do, calling someone we don't want to call. Like it's, and it's really like, we actually, the one thing we all have is time. We're just always choosing how we spend it. Yes. Um, so that thought has several. One that I'm actually working on now that's serving me even more is, is attached to spaciousness. So like when I, when I believe that I just have plenty of time and I guess, let me, let me, let me back up. We all do have plenty of time. Yes. We all have had the same amount of time that we're ever going to have. Yes. And everybody has the same amount of time. Yes. So literally enough time or not enough time, like doesn't exist. It's not a thing, <laughs> right? Like it just doesn't. It just is time. It just is time. There's no such thing as more or less. So there's nothing, there are no, things don't come in and take your time. And, and I know like I'm, I'm saying all these things, like I'm, preaching, but this is just everything that I've absorbed from being (laughs) just around this work for the last six months. Nothing comes to take our time. And the work that I do with women is a lot of having them take ownership and take responsibility. And what I realized is that saying we don't have time, like you were saying, is a way of abdicating responsibility for what happens in our lives and for our results. I'm for saying no. And I just got yeah. to goals as you said that, because we think it's like helping us, but it's completely disempowering us. Therefore, we like victims to our own lives that are just like busy with things that we don't think that we have a choice over. Yeah, we don't have to set boundaries. We don't have to tell our spouses no. We don't have to tell our bosses no. Mm-hmm. We don't have to change those relationships or in a sense say, hey, I don't want this relationship anymore. Like we just, it gives, it, it, it makes us, not have to do things that feel very uncomfortable, right? Mm. There are phone calls that I've chosen not to make that maybe it's not kosher not to make those phone calls or not to talk to that person or not to go to these places. But I have decided that this is, this is up to me. It's made me not uh, in, look at not taking other people's opinions yeah. as to what I should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, oh no, this is, I have plenty of time to do the things I want to do. And if I'm not doing it, 
it's because I'm doing one of these other things for one of these other weird reasons because of what people will think or not wanting to be bold or all of that. So I do, I really do have plenty of time. I was looking at my calendar and putting things on my calendar for the month of September. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I can do this. I can do this. I was shifting things around. Um, it's helped me even, even within my marriage to a lot of times within relationships, it's like, well, I can't do this because my spouse does it this way. And then I have to, and I don't, I'm like, no, like I, I was like, Hey, we're going for, we're going to a wedding in October and, you know, we need to coordinate our outfits. So, well, as a time hacker, I'm just going to make that decision now buy the dress and be done yeah. by the 10th of September. Yeah. My spouse, on the other hand, is not a time hacker. <laughs> So I went online, I picked out my dress or range of dresses, sent him the link, said, here it is. Tell me which one to buy and that you're going to match and we're going to be done. And I said, this decision of what we wear is now in your hands. Yes. And I have no other thoughts about it. So good. (laughs) No more energy, no more resources. If he picks something that doesn't come in time. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> not, a, not a problem. Yeah, that's so good. Also, everyone listening has to know how amazing Sade's wardrobe is and fashion is. And at the end, we're going to speak about her work and how you can find her. And you definitely want to follow her on Instagram because just amazing fashion um, and all the you. lovely colors. Yes, I think that's so funny as well, even to think about like, I'm a time hacker and my partner isn't. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we'll rub off on them eventually. Same here. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I mean, it, and it makes such a difference. I think it actually makes life easier for him that yeah. I make my decisions, you know, and so that he, he has clarity around where he needs to be. And yeah. I think that's a gift to him as well. Yeah, when you sign up, it's a gift to your partner. So that's another bonus. That's such yeah. a way to look at it. So good. Is there anything else that you like in particular wanted to bring up or speak about or share about in terms of your experience or... Um, how you've ex- like how you transformed in ways maybe you didn't expect or anything like that. Um, gosh, I don't, I, I don't know that I can articulate it well enough. I know I was trying to tell you about it literally when we were in Cabo. I think like every other person, I was like, so I heard this. I was like quoting you all the time. <laughs> I was quoting you all the time because I think it's just it's created this foundation for my business and for my life that just feels so good and so and I think that's the feeling the feeling of like possibility and fulfillment has really come from learning to use time this way because time is everything yes you know and it's not a productivity program so I'm going to say this for his listeners it is not a productivity program it's not a time management program it's okay so you're gonna laugh at this I I see it as like we're bending time and space Yeah, <laughs> and like the, the way you present the concepts is more in a I know it's cliche but in the more of a way of making quantum leaps even though you don't use those words yeah. but when you can take one thing in time hackers and really get it you make a quantum leap in your area and that's the way it's felt for me is that it's literally changed how I see the world how I see my time how I see money how I see my emotions so like we're carrying around all these emotions and feeling bad, not even knowing that feeling good is available. So I didn't realize that time could feel this good. 
What? I didn't realize time could feel this I good. Di- I didn't, I didn't know that. Like then, but there was no way for me to know that until yeah. I did the work and got to that other side. So what I would say to everyone is like, you, you don't know how good it's going to feel until you're in it. And because you've, you've potentially never experienced anything like this before, maybe you've experienced it in like little moments of like possibility but didn't realize it was available as a way of life. And that's what I've gotten from time hackers and from learning to look at time this way. I'm learning to like make friends with my calendar, letting go of pressure, not solving for anxiety. It's just, it's just been really amazing. So I would say anyone who wants, you know, who wants that feeling I just described, (laughs) should really check it out. Amazing. I think it's so interesting as you were saying that I was thinking like, yeah, like really how we are taught about time, like our introduction to the concept of time in school and in calendaring and then in work. It's like, it's not positive at all. It is actually quite like. It's scarce. Yeah, Yeah, scarcity. Wow. I never even thought about that. But what you just said, then I'm like, oh, like, yeah, like we don't even get a choice in how we're taught to think about it. And I think you're right. That's like the work that we do in this program is like offering that choice of like, hey, you get to change your whole relationship with time. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you for doing the work and putting it out there. Thank you for showing up, doing the work, creating amazing results, being like a total time hacking rock star. I love having you in the community. I want you to tell everyone about your work now and how they can find you and work with you. All right, so um, I I'm Shadi Curry. I don't even know if I said my name. I don't Shady think Curry. <laughs> <laughs> because we started like recording, and then we was like, oh, well, let's just record. Go on. Yeah, I am a dating after divorce coach. So I help women who have been divorced date and get married again. I predominantly work with women who are about forty and older because I think the way we date is kind of different <laughs> and has like unique uh, unique way that we like to do it. So I do focus on women who are in midlife and up. And this has, was came out of my own story of getting divorced, <laughs> getting back into the dating pool. <laughs> Whoa, that was a shock. <laughs> and learning to create success out of that in a way that felt good, in a way that wasn't uh, painful. And within l- less than Three years after my divorce, I had met my husband and we were working towards getting married. And it was just really an amazing, it was an amazing journey. I didn't expect to go on that journey. And I didn't even expect to meet him at the time that I did. But the way I was dating made such a difference. And so I decided to put that together. I got certified as a life coach through the life coach school. And I packaged my experience plus the principles of um, life coaching to create the program that I teach in the Dating After Divorce Academy. So for anyone looking for me, you can find me on Instagram, Shadi Curry, um, at Shadi Curry, it's S-A-D-E, so no H, Curry, C-U-R-R-Y, that is my handle on Facebook, on Instagram, it's ShadiCurry.com, and I also have a podcast of my own, Dating After Divorce, so super simple. Yes. And we'll link all that in the show notes. And what's really fun, what's extra fun about all of that as well is I think like now people come to you, get coaching on dating after divorce and how to have fun with it and enjoy it. And now it's like removed from the idea that things take time. Cause that's probably was also quite a common thing. Yes. In fact, one of the things that is really, um, 
pre predominant or prevalent in the divorce community <clears throat> is how long it takes to heal. Yeah. There are literally formulas on the internet that, mm -hmm. okay, you need to heal for three years for every year you were married or one year for every three years you were married, or you need to heal. For, it was like ridiculous things. So like women were like, okay, I was married 20 years. So I need to be single for six years. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not literally the time hacking principle is that it doesn't take time. Yeah. <laughs> it takes changing your thoughts, yeah. changing how you look at it. Yeah. That's what matters. And so you don't have to heal forever to, yeah. <laughs> to get married again. You can decide that this is what I need to heal. I'm changing my thoughts about it yeah. and I'm creating this whole new life. doesn't have to take time at all. Yeah. And when you work with Sade, you will get those like quantum leaps and that acceleration into actually a fun, enjoyable dating life with what you want from it. Yeah. Thank so you. Fun. Thank you so much for being here. This has been way too much fun and I appreciate you getting up early for us. <laughs> Not uh, a problem. <laughs> One of these days I'll get up early for the call. You'll just see me that on <laughs> the 3am call. Yeah, I'm here for it. If you can't sleep one night, let us know. All right, lovely people. Thank you for listening. Take care. Bye. Hey, if you want to get five hours a week back minimum for life, then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers. It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too as you connect with other time hackers where you'll get celebrated, supported and coached of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickylouise.com forward slash group. I can't wait to see you there.